These are fun, off-the-cuff discussions on movies and streaming series, both new and old. Together, we'll attempt to bridge the gap between Hollywood Industry Insider and the casual viewer. This is Alec. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to the Cinema A to B Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Cinema A to B. Alec, today, got a good one. Got a good one. We're going to discuss Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. Still in theaters. Yep. I just saw this today. Nice. Yeah. That's- yeah. I went to a 12, 12.50 showing and... Uh, saw it last week. Very nice. Very nice screening. No, no small children were present. Uh-huh. It was just adults and maybe some teenagers. Everybody was ready to enjoy. But um, yeah, I'll have you kick kick off your uh, your initial impressions on this thing. So I got to see this in theaters as well. So I went to an eight o'clock show on, I believe, a Thursday and had a decent amount of kids, unfortunately. Uh, so we had some young ones who were kind of running around, you know, not really their thing. Um, and considering what this is PG-13 as well, which was, you know, interesting. Um, I'm not a huge fan of young kids at one, you know, the later hours as well as a PG-13 movie. I mean, I want to go there and kind of just escape and those kind of take me out of it. So my viewing experience was not perfect. Now, I did see this and it was a good size theater, you know, good screen, good, good image, good sound, not at, at most, but just, you know, good 7.1 um, surround from our theater. But uh, it looked gorgeous. Uh, I enjoyed it. I walked out pretty happy. I mean, this is the 32nd MCU film now, so it's hard to kind of tell them apart sometimes. <laughs> um, I wasn't, I liked it better than the second. I thought it definitely failed compared to the first. Um, my biggest takeaway was the soundtrack, like always, it's banging. James just does a fantastic job of picking tracks for this movie or whoever picks the tracks. I'm assuming it's James, but whoever's doing it is still absolutely, you know, fantastic. So uh, really enjoyed it. Kind of liked a little bit more focus on, on rocket um, story wise. It, you know, didn't, it felt a little overplayed, a little heavy handed in parts and I did enjoy that it was a smaller scale kind of event. I my you know, we've kind of talked about this before, right. where MCU has a big thing of like, okay, if this huge galaxy wide or earth wide event happening, why isn't the Avengers or why isn't this happening or why aren't these people showing up? Like you should be calling in reinforcements. And this felt very particular why no one else showed up. So I do like that fact. So it definitely was a little bit better in that regard. Other than that, I mean, again, it's an MCU film. It probably, I like it in, it's better than 50% of them, I would think, or whatever. I'd put it right around the middle um, in my my list. Definitely not in the top 10. I largely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did like this a lot more than part two. Mm-hmm. It's a much more serious film than parts one or two. And so when it comes to comparison, I don't know how fair it is to compare them because part one's just the funniest entry for me by far. And, and then part three is not, although it still has some humor, a character, unfortunately, that was a source of a lot of humor, which is star Lord is virtually a humorless character Mm. in part three. And I thought, I thought they kind of swung the pendulum too far in that direction, but I mean, there's narrative reasons for it. But it's still, 
it's kind of a little off-putting. You're like you said, beautiful movie, and it doesn't seem to suffer from what I would say a lot of the MCU movies do, which is just an overabundance of what my eye can tell are CGI backgrounds. It was harder for me to tell where the practical sets started and stopped. I thought I thought everything blended really well. And, and everything f- had a good texture to it. They seem to use, I don't know, James Gunn just seems to use a lot more atmosphere and smoke and stuff to kind of hide where the set stopped and where the, the CG mm-hmm. picked up. So love it. I love the look of these movies. I, I know I've mentioned this to you, and I don't know if it came up when we discussed Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, but there's a real aversion to like color saturation across a lot of the MCU movies Mm -hmm. and they all have to stay within a similar kind of look for cohesion, but it feels like gun kind of pushes the envelope with these to get as much color saturation in the images as he can kind of get away with before Marvel kind of starts to push back. So these are always really beautiful looking movies. Um, Now I will say that there is, I really only have one big gripe and I, and it's kind of a gripe I have across pretty much all three movies is that I love the guardians of the galaxy films, but the villains are not particularly compelling in any of them. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately this one was no exception. Like I just, I was less impressed with the villain in this for like who he was, but what he was doing was, was pretty villainous, but the actor I didn't particularly care for. No. Well, I, I did I did feel there was a little bit more pull with this villain to kind of push things along or why the Guardians were kind of doing it, everything as opposed to kind of previously just I don't know. I, I agree with you. Their villains have never been great in the Guardians films. It's always been kind of the balance of the team itself, uh, you know, and kind of having some of that humor loss, especially some characters kind of being not around with the whole group and you kind of losing that. And then you're, like you said, dealing with some more heavy topics, but then I also felt they missed a couple points where they would tease something that was going to happen, trying to be spoiler free here, but tease something that was going to happen. That was kind of like, Ooh, we're going to make this bold choice. This is a bold choice. And then they pulled back from it. And that was frustrating, like very, very frustrating. And I understand there's, you know, James can't make some of these decisions. Like this is all kind of done by Disney and by Fahey and, you know, he's kind of making his movie within that that realm. But I wish they could have made some of those bolder choices and made this a definitely a little, you know, definitely darker or at least a heavier film than even what it is now. And then I felt the payoff would have been better. You know, it's kind of one of those things like like even with like Last Jedi, you know, where they had made a couple of better decisions. That movie would have probably still not been great, but at least been a little bit more bearable, you know. Yeah, I mean, the some of the positives are there are several, at least I would say three, uh, emotionally charged moments in the movie that largely pay off, and they pay off in the narrative, and and then they they kind of play to the fan service of the reality that you know for the, a lot of this cast, this is the last time you're going to see them together. Hmm. One thing I will say uh, too is. You know, I was I was really happy that James got to do this film, you know, dive a little bit into that whole debacle of things where he got kicked off and they fought for him to come back and finish out 
Um, I was really happy that James was able to kind of do that. I wonder what this film would have looked like had he not had that issue and didn't go do Peacemaker, didn't go do Suicide Squad, you know, and kind of slowly become taking over, you know, the DCEU. What would this movie look like then? Like, would it still be in the same slot? Would it have some different stuff? I know they talked about, you know, what I've read, they've talked about the same villain, but would this be changed? So it's hard to say. I, I guess when I come out of a movie like this, though, I mean, I'm I don't understand the the disdain from I think it's a vocal minority that Gunn is, you know, co-heading the DCEU. I'm like, well, who Good else do you want handling this? Like yeah. it's in such a state of disarray. This guy's a proven commodity and the story beats were there in this movie. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought it, I thought it structurally made a lot of sense. Um, it did feel a hair long, but I'm, I'm kind of guilty of saying that about it. Most movies I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a broken record of, Hey, you know, it was, a, it was about a good 20 minutes too long. That's kind of yeah. my, that's kind of my shtick. And I don't know if that's really fair with this. I, I wouldn't say I was a hundred percent engaged from start to finish. There were a couple of places where it, it started to kind of plod for me. Um, but the final act is, is excellent. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like it was super cookie cutter as far as what they were delivering to me is it didn't, a lot of these, some of these MCU movies just feel like just a lot of explanation followed by large action action sequence. And mm-hmm. then, and then just more diatribe and then another big action sequence. It's like, it feels very formulaic and that's, that's not what this was um, mainly due to the character rocket. And I won't spoil what that's all about, but Cooper's something else, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. I, I felt like he was able to, to do things with the character that, that it really, it, it hadn't been permitted to, to do. Uh, parts one and two for obvious reasons. And then, mm-hmm. and then the, uh, the Avengers films, but he, uh, you, you just forget that, that he's voicing this, this character, mm-hmm. which is a cre- I think a credit to him. So jumping on your point, I think this is definitely has a great potential of having moved the characters forward or having the characters go through some character building and actually like dealing with some, some things and going more so than, like you said, with other MCU films. I mean, it's really is just, here's some exposition, here's an action sequence, here's some more exposition to kind of get us moving along where this is more relationship building or dealing with problems, um, which was, you know, definitely a breath of fresh air. So I think again, it didn't hit completely right for me or I wasn't like, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. It still felt the trappings of an MCU film, but you know, with some of that kind of relationship stuff going on, um, my biggest gripe was I did not like the CGI for Groot at all. Like there was something about it. It just felt off. It felt like he looks so much better in guardians one than he did in this one. In my opinion, I mean, I know obviously it's a, a slightly you know different look for him. So maybe that threw me, but it felt a lot more fake than the, even the, even guardians one, which was what 2014 or something. Yeah. I wonder what that would, what would explain that? Um, maybe the, maybe the whole process of designing him and implementing him on set and was different. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Cause I'm seeing, I've got the IMDB up and I'm seeing this guy named Austin Freeman and he's listed as on set Groot. 
but I thought they had an onset group for the 2014 initial installment too. Um, cause you know, diesel, Vin Diesel just voices, voices yeah, him. He he's not actually not on set. Um, but it would make sense that they would have an onset stand in hmm, to occupy the space for frankly, for everybody else's performance. Um, by the way, I, no, I won't spoil it, but that whole moment at the end with Groot was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Like fantastic. I just, yeah. I was kind of waiting for it. Like they had kind of hinted towards that in the back half of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how oh, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? <laughs> and then they do it and they do it at the perfect moment. And I'm just yeah. like, and then oh. just, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, and, I've, I will, I want to save that one for people that. And no explanation at no. all. So you can kind of walk away with your own thoughts oh, and stuff was, like that. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. This, this movie really tries hard to kind of elevate itself past the genre. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's trying too hard, but I I could tell there's a lot of effort there of like trying to lift it above just classic MCU action fest, mm -hmm. you know, and the, and the way they do it is, is with the, with the actors and the relationships and, you know, well, it's, it, <laughs> the thing is though I couldn't help the fact that Vin Diesel voices Groot. And then it's just the context of these guardians movies. I'm just, I've constantly got his voice in the back of my head. It's all about family. <laughs> <laughs> I live my life one quarter mile at a yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other thing I, is I was surprised at how much the holiday special from Disney plus actually played in. Like if you haven't seen this movie and for some reason you're watching us talk about this, make sure you watch the, the gardens of the galaxy holiday special before you watch this show because i only watched it once and i thought it was like a, just a one-off kind of like oh this is a fun little holiday special for christmas or something like that boom done whatever so i watched it but i don't really remember it too much and so i'm like wait what what's going on huh like so i'm trying to like in within the movie try to f remember what happened in the holiday special to catch myself up with what's going on you know like there are some i have a confession to make i've not seen the holiday special Oh, there's a bunch of stuff that is connected so, directly to that. Yeah, I'm sure special. there is. I'm sure there is. I so, but I didn't so, feel like I didn't feel lost. So maybe maybe it was a. So that's good that you didn't really feel lost and mm -hmm. you didn't miss much. So no. maybe it was more of a detriment that I didn't like that I watched it. So some of the stuff is familiar of where they're at, what they're doing, but yet I don't really remember it because I watched it six months ago. You know, during you know in December. Now it's June. And I'm saying it, even though I didn't see it and you are speaking to it, I, I appreciate that, that Gunn would take the time to produce something like that mm -hmm. and have it matter. Yeah. Right. Because so many of those little offshoot things that it almost feels like the studio is requesting. Yeah. And the directors are just really, we got to do this. And it has no bearing on any other movie or TV series. So yeah. that's, that's cool. That, that means that there's cohesive vision. So hopefully, you know, hopefully Gunn brings that kind of cohesion to DC mm -hmm. and I'm, that I, everything matters again, instead of <laughs> <laughs> this shooting by the shooting from the hip stuff. Yeah. I'm excited. I obviously, I don't want him to MCU DC, but I think it, I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of DC, like of, or at least, excuse me, sorry, the DCEU. I didn't think Zack Snyder did a great job of cohesiveness. 
of telling that story. I think they didn't plan it out as well as Marvel. So I hopefully, you know, Gunn has kind of seen the missteps and is kind of starting to make those decisions or even take a look at Star Wars, who came so much later and still effed it up because, you know, they weren't able to plan it out or didn't have a story set before they started shooting for all these different things. The the reality, though, is that if it's if we're going to do a little bit of a DC MCU comparison, the reality is that Marvel has got good quality with their character list, but they just crush DC with sheer quantity mm-hmm. and DC is just a Batman, Superman flash. It's just a three legged temple. Mm-hmm. And so the, beyond that, I mean, I guess you have, you know, wonder woman, but there just aren't the sheer numbers of interesting characters that Marvel has. And so, well, they're going to have to approach it completely differently. I always find it funny because DC had the licenses for all their major characters, right? When they created it. So like they were, they should have come out strong. Like they had Superman, they had Batman, they had the flash, whereas Marvel didn't what Sony had Spider-Man Fox had the X-Men, like their two biggest people. They came out with Iron Man, which if we don't, you know, Iron Man was not a big, big thing. Like Captain America wasn't a big thing. You know, pre 2008, like it was, now they're huge because obviously we got movies about them and they're, they're big things, but they were B C tier heroes and, and Marvel, you know, and you even got like guardians of the galaxy out here. Like, yeah, you have a following, but you don't, they're not a huge following. Like I never read them. I never no. collected their comics. I didn't really even know about it. So I came in, you know, watching the first one going, I don't care about these characters. I'm going to watch it because it's Marvel, but I don't care. And then absolutely falling in love with them. Like that, that's kind of one of the things where it's like, they're bringing those, bringing this in where DC is just kind of stumbling about with their main people that everyone has so much buy into. Yeah. And and Marvel to Marvel's credit, they're not content to merely adapt a comic book character or storyline to film. They, their attempt seems to be to elevate it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let's, let's make this better than the comic. the comic or let's, let's pull what we can from the comic and then, you know, mix it around. So it has the same basic story, but some of the beats may be different. Some of the characters may be different, but yeah. it would tells a better story much the way star Wars should be doing with the legend stuff. I mean, you know, not that I'm going to harp on it again, but I'm, I'm going to harp on it. You're going to harp on it again. Yeah, always <laughs> any chance I can. Oh my goodness. Anyways. No, this is a really, this is a really pretty tight, cohesive, uh, trilogy that you've got with guardians now. And I, I know the part two is a little bit, a little bit maligned, um, but it's not a bad film at all. Um, it just, it had the, uh, unfortunate factor of not being able to meet or exceed expectation, which is just unfortunately all too common with a, a sequel follow-up, especially a sequel to a movie that I don't think anybody expected to be particularly great. Mm-hmm. And then it is. And so they're like, well, we didn't know anything about it. It came out of nowhere. It's awesome. Surely the second one will be just as un- incredible. I just, yeah. unfair or unfair. I think that's kind of audience expectation with stuff like that. And so that helped volume three because then you're back down to earth mm-hmm. with expe- expectations are now kind of middled. And so I think, you know, I think volume three largely 
kind of delivered on whatever kind of promise they had. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly enjoyed it. Um, it is a more mature guardians. I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be afraid to have my six year old watch volume one, but I had no intention of having her watch volume three or, or two. Um, and and I think it's cool that they get kind of more mature Mm -hmm. as the trilogy progresses. I, I think that's great. Oh, it's also got the MCU's first F bomb, um, unbleaked, you know, in it as well. Yeah. I mean, I know, but it just also interesting. They chose this movie and it's kind of more mature thing. I swear. I think they did that just for the marketing. Yeah. I, I think I don't, there's no narrative reason for it. They, it literally is a really brilliant marketing move. Oh, mm-hmm. this is, this is where we're going to break that trend. Yeah. This is kind of the send off for this, this group, you know, with Batista and the rest of them. I, yeah, they've had a good run. They have. I mean, I, I can understand why Batista's done, you know, ha, I mean, luck, you know, luckily he was able to wear shirts a lot or vests at least somewhat. So he didn't have to go through the full body makeup every single day for shooting. So I know that was a big thing. And also he didn't have to be as in great of shape because now he's got, you know, a vest over things and doesn't have to. Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still in good oh, shape. Yeah. He's still a massive well, human being, but I agree with you sitting in the makeup chair for six, seven hours and then having to shoot you know, yeah. Yeah. It reminds five, me six. <laughs> that by the way, that reminds me of a hilarious story about Schwarzenegger when he did Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Which was, yeah. Schwarzenegger's contract. And, and I'll, I'll link this in why this is pertinent. But during that movie, Schwarzenegger's contract was like, I think he could only work like a eight or nine or 10 hour day. And it was like, seven or eight hours in the makeup chair to play Mr. Freeze. So they literally like they could shoot with him for like an hour. <laughs> and it was like, wh- why? Yeah. Cause that was his contract. And like, you couldn't, you couldn't work around it. And so, yeah, they spent all this time putting him in that makeup in that suit to shoot for like 30 minutes <laughs> or an hour. <laughs> and him just standing around freeze. Yeah. Getting paid 20 million. Yeah. Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> Lalu freeze. Yeah. So I get mm. it. Not wanting to sit in the chair. I mean, oh, you no. do it, you do it at the beginning of your career to build your career, but nobody's saying that you need to continue to, uh, to have to deal with that. Well, there's a, uh, there's a fun tidbit story about Nebula. Uh, what's her, um, my Karen uh, Gillen. Yeah. Where I guess she She's had, great, by the way, Oh yeah. She's fantastic in the role. I mean, she's fantastic in other things that she's done. Yeah, too, she but, is. Yeah. But she definitely does a great job as a role nebula in this movie where she's definitely less of a one note character that she's been in the other stuff. Not that she was always one note, but she's definitely more three dimensional in this. Uh, but the thing is where she had scheduled a couple's therapy session uh, with her husband and got her days mixed up. And so it was on a day of shooting. So she went to the couple's therapy in full nebula garb and, you know, makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Surely she was able to take the contacts out though, right? Yeah. I mean, she was probably like dressed in her regular clothes, but just with the nebula face. That's (laughs) hysterical. No, she's, she's tremendous, right? Um, in every, in everything she's in and and she's kind of known now for guardians and then, uh, the Jumanji movies, but 
I'm I'm really interested to see what what she's got cooking next. Yeah. Um, because I don't I think we've only scratched the surface of what she's capable of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just seeing her in these two, I mean, it Nebula's obviously a very dark, not evil, obviously, but a much more nuanced evil character as opposed to you know, how she played in Jumanji and a couple other things. And so she definitely has that range of being able to kind of flop between, you know, being heroic to being kind of villainous and evil and things. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think she needs to, you know, book a bunch of roles where she's not having to sit up in the, in the makeup chair as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And for her own sanity and, uh, and just so we get to see, like you said, more, more nuance to her performance. Mm Hmm. I mean, she could still play a heck of a villain in something, um, maybe oh, yeah. something more conventional, right? Instead of uh, the sci-fi. Hopefully, she can bust out of that because you and I both know it's it's so easy to get typecast where they're only going to put you in fantasy and comic mm-hmm. and adventure movies. Um, but yeah, she's she's got she's got chops for yeah. sure, and and okay. so does Batista too. I think he can do. I think he can do kind of whatever he wants. Oh yeah, because he's. I mean, he, he's already kind right of He's twice the actor Dwayne Johnson is. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I like The Rock. I got nothing against The Rock, but Batista's when I when I saw him at the beginning of uh, Blade Runner 20, 2049, I knew that that guy had more more capabilities than mm-hmm. I think people wanted to uh, to admit as an actor. So yeah, well, and he's uh, you know he's got other stuff under his belt now too. He's got Dune. You know, so it's like, oh, yeah, we've only scratched the surface with with him in Dune. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He's in demand. Well, and The Rock plays kind of the the rock and pretty much everything. That's my problem is 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 kind of a single note. Yeah. Traditionally. So I I like him, but it's very much The Rock. But no, I was uh, I stayed for the entire credits of this. It just never ceases. I, I've I've seen you know most not all but most of the MCU MCU movies and effects heavy movies, but it just never ceases to amaze me the the sheer number of visual effects team mm-hmm. it takes to produce these movies. It's just it's astounding. It's astounding, and it, and I counted off I don't know five, six, seven VFX houses. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, you had your big ones. You had Weta Digital. You had like frame store. You had you had like a, a smaller contribution from Industrial Light and Magic, and so you know Sony had their own internal animation and rendering department. It just it blow it just blows my mind, and it's every frame is is visible that that they didn't Enhanced. Sp- yeah. spare any expense when it comes to the visual effects in these in this movie. My only thing is I I just sometimes I get a little numb to the the on-screen destruction <laughs> like <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't feel you because you kind of your brain's telling you that it's fake or i mean obviously it's a movie it's fake but but it's also it's just computer graphics and kind of we just have that we've visceral. been inundated with so much of this mm-hmm. um since they started this run in what 0809 with iron man you know I even get to the point where you're just blowing things up where we've lost any kind of sense of semblance of when you start blowing up full cities and, you know, doing stuff like that, like most of us have no point of reference. We can't even fathom what that would feel like to really kind of garner anything. Or like, if you're talking about 
blowing up planets or things of that sort. It's like, okay, okay, I can't, I can maybe imagine it, but I have nothing to pull from. Yeah. My favorite moments in this movie is when it went really pretty small Mm -hmm. and we've, and we've had that conversation before about going more micro with these Mm -hmm. sequels. And those were the, the intimate moments where the, where guardians three went micro is where I felt like it was, uh, it was cooking the best. Mm -hmm. And then when it, and I, I guess they felt like it had to have the big villain, big baddie backdrop destruction to kind of make it feel like a worthy third installment. But um, that wasn't what held most of my interest. Any any last words before we wrap this one up? No, just uh, enjoyable. Again, I'm going to just harp on Bradley Cooper did a fantastic job. I think a lot of nuance. I'm glad James Gunn was able to finish it out. And... Look forward to seeing what he's doing with the DC, with DC, but also interested to see what happens with the next Guardians and who takes over the reins and how they change things up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a good gig for Mr. Cooper mm-hmm. um, sitting in the uh, the plush VO booth. Oh, yeah. So but he, he definitely brings it. And I've seen I've I always I appreciate seeing kind of the, the behind the scenes footage when uh, these folks are into character on screen and I've seen some of the footage of, of Bradley Cooper doing playing rocket and mm-hmm. he's definitely gets fully into it. You know? He does. He does. Yeah, so, and it shows, well, I, uh, again, always appreciate everybody catching us on, uh, another episode of cinema A to B and you can, uh, stay up to date on, uh, any of the social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, or, uh, or TikTok. 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 And yeah, we we appreciate you. Alex just all about the TikToks now. TikTok. No. Because he doesn't no. have to manage it. So I don't. That's the nice no. thing. Yeah. yeah. All right, oh, everybody. Man. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>